0: Welcome to Try, Try Again with Katherine Velez, a podcast dedicated to relationships, the one with yourself and others. It is traditional during these holiday times to talk about gratitude and thanksgiving, which are important, but there is a prevailing sense of deep sadness in almost everyone I talk with that I don't want to ignore. I am in California and we're being asked, well, told to stay at home as intensive care beds and emergency rooms fill with sick and frightened people. With these orders come mixed messages. I can go to Costco, but not to church. Target's open, but small restaurants and hair salons are closed. Many schools are back to distance learning, not necessarily because of illness, but because of the need for teachers to quarantine if there is suspected exposure, and there are few substitute teachers available. Some counties are doing it one way, and some are doing it another. Some counties are enforcing curfews, and some are not. I've spoken to therapists, and many are seeing clients only through screens. I am continuing to see clients in person, practicing social distance, and sanitizing in between clients. Next week, I might go back to telehealth, but for now, I know that for some of my clients, the connection In person is important, maybe even crucial. I've heard more people talk about feeling down, less energetic, less productive. I talked with a woman yesterday who owns and runs a bakery in town and I asked her how it's been this last year. The smile slid from her face and she drew in a deep breath. It was as if she had pulled the customer service mask off and I could see the fatigue in her face. As she talked, she hunched a bit as if the weight of this year was strapped to her back and shoulders. Her eyes were wet, and she talked about the toll that the opening and closings and lockdowns and quarantines and isolation had taken on her business and on her health. She knows she's near burnout, but she said, I'll die in here. This is my passion. I'm proud of the quality of my food. This is what I do. What else would I do? It was a rhetorical question, but I found myself fumbling for an answer to give her, like watching someone who might be in danger of drowning. I wanted to throw her a lifeline and assure her things would be okay. I tried to give her a platitude. I said, I know things will get better. She was not as optimistic. She said, I'm a realist. I don't necessarily believe things are going to get better. I don't know. I heard the beginnings of hopelessness in her voice. In that small exchange, I bore witness to her grief and loss and fear. Another woman I know spent Thanksgiving with her husband. Her mother and father were quarantined in a nursing home and not allowing visitors. Her adult children worked in hospitals and grocery stores, and because of her husband's health, they didn't want to take a chance, so they were alone, just the two of them. They unceremoniously ate some spaghetti, watched It's a Wonderful Life, and went to bed. She said she cried herself to sleep that night. She said she'd been crying more frequently than ever before, and she wonders if maybe she's depressed. A young man this week was in tears as he talked about needing hugs from his friends and his girlfriend. From studies in the American Journal of Epidemiology and the American Psychologist, one of the casualties to this pandemic that impacts our body and brain health is hugging. We don't fully understand how, but it is clear that our social environment contributes to our resistance to disease and helps moderate our life stresses. Hugs and physical affection increase oxytocin, which is it's the cuddle chemical in the brain, and it can help reduce blood pressure and the stress hormone norepinephrine. There are indications that physical contact is essential for humans. So, this further stresses our systems, particularly for people who are alone. Regardless of your beliefs about COVID or how the numbers are being tabulated or the decisions our politicians and leaders are making, regardless if you believe this is a matter of tyrants imposing their will or freedom to do as you want or fear mongering, regardless, people are hurting. Many of us are isolated, lonely, confused, angry, fearful, and deeply, deeply sad, individually and communally. It feels like so many of us are trying to stay positive, and each week, it's a little harder. And with this recent return to stay at home, people are in pain, in danger of burning out. We are experiencing grief and loss on an enormous scale. Remember Kubler-Ross's five stages of grief and loss. First is shock when we can't believe something is happening. Next is anger, then bargaining, then depression, and finally acceptance. There's a lot more to it. and You can read her book entitled On Death and Dying. It's a wonderful book. But the reason I bring it up is it feels like maybe we might be near depression. And if so, maybe acceptance is around the corner. And as we head into about the 10th month of this We're feeling its weight. We have lost so much, some of us more than others. Maybe as you listen to this, you've lost a job or a business. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe you don't know how you're going to make next month's rent or feed your kids. Maybe you're living on a credit card and you're at your limit. Maybe things are okay for you, but you're feeling overwhelmed and fatigued and guilty that things are okay for you while so many other people are suffering. While we suffer individually, we also suffer communally. This is communal grief and loss. The old ways of coping aren't necessarily available or we feel we've used them up. You can only watch so much TV and go for so many walks before even those things don't have the same impact. And the novelty of been watching quickly wears off. So what do we do in the midst of all of this, especially as we're headed toward Christmas and Hanukkah and other celebrations that for many mark the heart of family gatherings. There are so many lessons in this pandemic, and I'm sure as we move through this and contemplate what we wish we had done better and what we learned, one of the things I find I appreciate about my interactions with people like the baker was how real she was with me. Maybe the facades have worn thin and there's recognition in our shared grief and loss that allows us to feel more bonded, more connected in that grief and fatigue, more willing to share because it's leaking out all over anyway. Yes, we need to wear masks and keep some distance physically out of respect for one another and concern for one another and to keep ourselves healthy. And all of this comes at a tremendous cost. And that cost is not equally spread among citizens. Our healthcare workers and restaurant workers are two of the hardest hit groups this year. As in all things in life, some people are suffering more than others. While some businesses are flailing and failing and closing, other businesses seem to be booming. While introverts are finding more time to read and easy excuses to put off social obligations, extroverts, who get their energy from other people, are struggling with their emotional and social health. Frankly, so are some introverts at this point. Individuals who live alone or in care facilities may feel much more isolated than families who, while unable to get together with extended family, are at least living together under one roof. And then there is the fear that many people are struggling with. Visions of dying alone on a ventilator, which makes going to the grocery store a perceived life or death endeavor. So what do we do? We wear our masks. We support our local businesses as much as we can. We check on our friends and neighbors. We listen when someone wants to talk. We lean into our faith and pray. We stay aware for opportunities to help one another, to volunteer or donate. If you're listening to this and you need help, reach out to area churches. Even if you're not a member, it doesn't matter. Reach out to the county's Health and Human Services Department. Ask your friends and family for help. Let me know, and I, I will look for various resources depending on what you need. We will get through this together, and I know there are so many people who feel the exact same way. Maybe we can think about how to do things a little differently this year. And we look back to wonderful times we had as well as forward to the times we will have. We only have to be patient a little while longer. I know it's been a long trip, but maybe we're almost there, nearer than we think. So for the exhausted baker fighting for her art, her business, and her livelihood, I had no answers. I stood and listened. I left her shop with about $50 more baked goods that I could possibly eat and then took those to share with others. Maybe some days the best we can do is listen and support each other in any way we can. Have grace with one another and love one another hard. We're all just doing the best we can, and that is good enough. Have a week filled with meaning and love and grace.